गुड इवनिंग एंड वेलकम टू गना शॉर्ट गना शॉर्ट में आप सबको दोबारा स्वागत है आज हम बात राइट आज हम बात करने वाले हैं पाकिस्तान एज ए बैटल ग्राउंड स्टेट और पाकिस्तान एज ए बैटल ग्राउंड स्टेट में हमारे साथ जुड़े हैं ब्रिगेडियर अरुण सहगल सर गुड इवनिंग एंड वेलकम टू द शो थैंक यू सर फॉर इन्वाइटिंग मी थैंक यू एंड इससे पहले कि मैं यू नो बिफोर आई हैंड यू नो स्टेज ओवर टू ब्रिगेडियर अरुण सहगल लेट मी पुट इन परस्पेक्टिव हम कर क्यों रहे हैं ये ये सब क्या कर रहे हैं हम जैसे आपको पता है पाकिस्तान का हालत जो है आजकल काफी नाजुक है हर तरीके से अब वेदर इट इज दर्मी वेदर इट देर पॉलिटिक्स देर जुडिशरी और इकोनॉमिक्स तो हमें सबको पता है कि फाइनेंशियली देर इन अ वेरी बैड शेप इसीलिए हमने ये पूरा सिलसिला शुरू किया फ्यूचर ऑफ पाकिस्तान सीरीज और इस फ्यूचर ऑफ पाकिस्तान सीरीज में सबसे पहले हमने जो पाकिस्तान आर्मी के अंदर जो रिफ्ट्स हैं द रिफ्ट्स इन द पाकिस्तानी द डिफरेंसेस ये सब हमने डिस्कस किया देन वी डिस्कस कि अगर इमरान खान वापस आते हैं सत्ता में तो उसका क्या परिणाम होगा और इसीलिए हमने ये डिस्कस किया खास करके क्योंकि ऐसा लग रहा है कि दैट मिस्टर इमरान खान विल कम बैक टू पावर इफ इलेक्शन आर हेल्ड एंड इफ इज नॉट एसेसिनेटेड क्योंकि उसके एसेसिनेशन के भी अफवाहें उड़ रहे हैं और एक बार एक अटेम्प्ट भी हो गया वो कहते हैं उसके बाद हमने एग्जामिन किया रेडिकलाइजेशन आउटकम्स इन पाकिस्तान राइट एंड दैट वॉज अ वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग डिस्कशन क्योंकि इट अपियर्स एज ऑफ द होल कंट्री इज रेडिकलाइज देन वी हैड दिस वेरी नाइस डिस्कशन ऑन द सी पी सी फॉलोड इन द एंड गेम सीपीसी क्यों हमने इंक्लूड किया मैं बताना चाहता हूं क्योंकि अगर पाकिस्तान को रिवाइव करने का एकमात्र आउटसाइड चांस है तो इट इज थ्रू सीपीसी राइट एंड दैट एग्जामिनेशन आल्सो रिवील टू अस कि उसमें ज्यादा होप नहीं है फिर हमने कल ताहिर गोरा साहब से बात किया जो पाकिस्तानी हैं जो टोरंटो में बसे हुए हैं कि वेर इज पाकिस्तान हेडेड और उनका जवाब ये था कि भाई पाकिस्तान जहां होना चाहिए तो ऑलरेडी आप पहुंचा है वहां तो उनका भी होप ज्यादा नहीं था राइट और इसी बीच में हम ये भी देख रहे हैं कि पाकिस्तान हैज बिकम अ प्लेस वेयर सुपर पावर्स आर बैटलिंग बैटलिंग फॉर इन्फ्लुएंस बैटलिंग फॉर मेनी थिंग्स वो हम आज बात करेंगे ब्रिगेडियर अरुण सहगल साहब से जो पाकिस्तान के साथ ट्रैक टू में शामिल हुए डिस्कशन में और पहले भी हमें बता चुके हैं पाकिस्तान के इंटरनल कंपल्शन क्या हैं और हमारा क्या कंपल्शन हैं पाकिस्तान के बारे में एंड रेमिफिकेशन एक महीने पहले हम बात हुआ है एंड ऑफ कोर्स इसके बाद हम बात करेंगे इन ग्रेट डेप्थ द इकोनॉमिक वाटर एंड फूड इनसिक्योरिटी ऑफ पाकिस्तान मैं अभी बताना चाहता हूँ सबको अगर एक चीज़ है जो जिससे पाकिस्तान उतना आसानी से उबर नहीं सकता बाहर नहीं निकल सकता है वो है पानी का किल्लत ये पिक्चर में देख रहे हैं कि पानी में डूबे हुए हैं पर एक्चुअलिटी में क्या है कि उनके पास पानी नहीं है आबादी बढ़ रहा है पानी नहीं है वो एक बहुत संगीन किस्म का प्रॉब्लम है पर वो अगला हफ्ता आज हम देखेंगे पाकिस्तान एज अ बैटल ग्राउंड स्टेट पाकिस्तान एज अ बैटल ग्राउंड स्टेट हम उसके बारे में क्यों बात करते हैं इससे पहले कि मैं 
Pakistan is a battleground state. Bar, bar Ek, you know, I saw this in advertisement on you know uh, games. Games mein jo, uh, Google games mein aate hain, aur Facebook ke games mein aate hain, wo advertisement aaya nikla. Ye is about a Umma charity. Umma charity kya hai? Umma charity is an award-winning humanitarian and disaster relief aid organization based in the UK. Ye bolte hain ki we currently provide and facilitate aid across more than 18 calamity-stricken countries worldwide, including Syria, Palestine, Yemen, and Afghanistan. For the first time, if you see in the middle, I'll show it a little closer, this whole slide. Aap dekhenge, under the logo of uh, this Ummah charity, it is Syria, Yemen, pa Afghanistan, Pakistan, Sudan, and Gaza. So Pakistan has made an entry in this League of Nations. <laughs> so you can imagine the problem in Pakistan, which we don't perceive, but the Ummah perceives. Right? Pakistan, it is coming on the edge of an abyss. This advertisement, this advertisement Chanda Mangrehe. This advertisement suggests that Pakistan has already fallen to the abyss. But having said that, we will talk today of Pakistan as a battleground state. China has invested far too much in Pakistan. It has very high stakes in Pakistan. Pakistan and India reclaims that entire area back. Occupation of Shakshgam Valley by China will become illegal. And China is betting on Shakshgam Valley for water for their chip production. So there are many angles involved. There is an issue of food security. Chinese stakes in Pakistan are very high. For not only that, they have an issue of regional influence in checking India. But then China is a reticent but greedy power. They have not given even one indication of being able to commit its military. And on the other hand, China does not want, I mean, USA does not want China to succeed. USA also seeks to retain its hegemony. Most importantly, they want to, the West wants to keep a grip on Pakistan, lest a stray nuke goes there, because they are worried about it. Right. There is also a clarity that no great power, USA and China, will not invest in Pakistan to bail it out. And they will use Pakistan to further their own ends. Now, the third angle of their uh, the bailout, bailout for Pakistan is the Gulf states and Saudis. They have become more, become more transactional. But Pakistan general they prefer a free West to gravitate to. Because they Dubai or London or Australia or USA. No retired Pakistani general goes to China. He doesn't send his children to China. So this is a cultural problem which is a problem for China and the Pakistani army in many dimensions. Then, there is an internal dynamics of TTP, Baloch rebels, or Pashtun politics. 
which provides a violent element to this entire battleground. Of course, there is always this imagined existential threat from India, which converts Pakistan into an automatic battleground. It's something like an auto-sort button. If you press it, Pakistan battleground Right. Pakistan as a battleground state. इसी के बाद रहे में हमें बात करने के लिए ब्रिगेडियर अरुण सहगल साहब हैं हमारे साथ सर ओवर टू यू यू कैन टेक इट ऑन आई एम श्योर यू आर इन द नो ऑफ ऑल दीस थिंग्स एंड यू विल एक्सप्लेन दीस इश्यूज मच बेटर टू ऑल ऑफ अस सो दैट वी आर एबल टू जज एट द एंड ऑफ दिस वेयर इज पाकिस्तान गोइंग ओवर टू यू सर थैंक यू जयन शंकर इट्स ऑलवेज अ एब्सोल्यूट डिलाइट टू बी ऑन योर शो Before I start, I just want to highlight uh, one small point regarding what is a battleground state. Oh, please, sir. Battleground state is a region or a country. It is the site of an ongoing or a potential conflict between opposing forces. This conflict can be a result of political influence, location, or resource, and which makes the state. a target of competing interests at the ri- this puts the state at the risk of being caught up in the middle of larger conflict or struggle for power abhi aapne 8 10 mudde jo shankar sahab se sune you will realize that pakistan squarely lands up in this definition of a battleground state at this i want to highlight why did has pakistan become a battleground state from a slight amount of historical perspective when pakistan got its independence pakistan became part of cento the cento and cto were two organizations which were created for fighting communism by the west now <clears throat> essentially speaking pakistan had no role to play as a part of uh, cento uh, uh, to fight communism but it was this natural perception of threat from india and to join the western group that pushed pakistan to become a a cento state it is from that time onwards uh, pakistan has been a front end of western strategy i american strategy of the region uh, ever since its inception there were couple of reasons why pakistanis went that route first was like i said first and foremost was to use the us leverage pakistan perceived itself a weak state it wanted to use the leverage to countervail india second it realized that pakistan as a developing country with huge amount of internal problems needed foreign assistance so cento and its relationships with the arab world at that particular point in time was a perfect rational for joining cento and which got pakistan a large amount of india assistance it also allowed eventually the price had to be paid and the price had to be paid when the soviet union invaded afghanistan 
in 1970s and pakistan became of then a frontline state where from where a counter soviet offensive were launched and a rise of the taliban and islamic militancy started taking place from that time onwards pakistan has got engulfed in the regional geopolitics not only geopolitics but entire crux of the counter terrorism strategy or the policies of this region and it has become it has something that is why it can it has not been able to break itself away from it and americans leverage that situation by pumping in money and resources to pakistan and making the pakistanis fight the american war against counter terrorism uh, uh, and not only counter terrorism sorry for the defeat of soviet union so this is this is the analogy which i wanted to highlight particularly as to why pakistan went the westward way now comes the period when pakistan realizes that the China, americans are pulling out soviets have withdrawn now this is the period of 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 sort of a uh, they were left uh, on the lurch so at this point in time pakistan realized that they needed a new crutch and that new crutch was in the form of china they went to the chinese the chinese were already eyeing in the greater geopolitical setup of of the region where uh, the afghan war was still going on central asia had become a part and parcel of 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 russian uh, eurasian dominance china was trying to create its new bri kind of a structure and americans were losing ground in the region but they still wanted to remain over there eh? the chinese realize that it is important to bring pakistan in its sphere of influence and from there onwards if you recollect this whole notion of karakoram highway and and other greater degree of integration with uh, pakistan started the another area was that pakistan were under great sanctions at that particular point in time and they had they had no recourse to weapon systems and and and, and uh, uh, weapon systems at cheap rates or what they call at friendship prices so as a result what happened was that the chinese became the new messiah for arms supply to uh, pakistan okay. even as the machinations of the pakistani military with the elite establishment of the united states the deep state of the united states continued all through in this period and this was also the period which allowed through north china through north korea the pakistan access to the nuclear weapons so this is how we have to understand how pakistan has allowed its geopolitical uh, uh, location to be exploited by opposing forces and trying to manage them but the sad reality is that it has not been able to do so uh next i go to us came back into the region in 2001 with the global war on terror attack on uh, world trade center now pakistan was fully involved and engulfed into this region 
United States were using Pakistani space for bases. United States were using Pakistani for for uh, as line of uh, uh, logistics or inducting logistics from Karachi port, etc., etc., etc. And now Pakistan had become a full-fledged proxy of United States in the region, and Pakistan now was was totally engulfed in 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 dealing with Taliban, but. The Pakistani deep state continued to play escapes, as as we all understand, as we all know how they managed to prop up Taliban, how they put on to to prop up various shuras, uh, Waziristan, etc., etc., and and that's how they continue to play the game. But now I come back further to the current history. Two thousand and twenty-one, we see the United States pull out of. Of Pakistan. Now, with the pullout of United States, Pakistan, suddenly there is a drop in leverage. Biden administration comes. Trump administration was not very friendly. So was Biden administration. So now, suddenly, the Pakistani establishment has started to lose ground. United States started withdrew just about everything except for a minimal uh, military education programs. As also subsequently now, as recently we all know, they have provided certain degree of uh, equipment, 450 million dollars for upgradation of F-16, etc. But the scenario is that the Americans have by and large lost interest in Pakistan. But that does not mean that Pakistan is being left to its own whims and fences. There are multiple reasons for it. That United States will continue. To remain engaged in the region and play its its role, as we have just learned from the various leaks, uh, uh, Pentagon leaks, that it will continue to to engage with the Pakistani deep state for multiple reasons. What are the reasons? One fundamental point is that having withdrawn from Afghanistan, with no practically no standing in Central Asia, this area is becoming blind. To Pakistan, uh, to to United States. USA. So, as this area is becoming blind to the USA, the only rational that they have, the only place where they have leverages, is Pakistan. So, please understand that apart from what you hear in the press, apart from where you hear hear in the press, and apart from what you see, there is an interesting intelligence operations which are going on, going on. Which uh, are uh, which are important to understand that they will have their significance, and and they are important to understand how much the Chinese penetration is. Second point is like like the general rightly said, there is this great fear of Islamization in in Pakistan, particularly with TTP running on the rampage. Balochistan Liberation Army on on the offensive. There the there is a huge amount of internal turmoil. All these elements are making the story of security of Pakistanis assets, the nuclear weapons, are becoming a very very serious issue. And this is, this is an issue in which world. And and there is I I I can say with guarantee there is a coalition of forces globally 
who are concerned about the security of the Pakistani nuclear weapons. They can talk about any amount, but the fact remains. Third element is that there is an engagement between the ISI, the senior Pakistani military leadership, and the American deep state. This is a very, very old relationship which cannot be taken or overtaken. If you read Wilson Center writings, you read the Stimson Center writings, you read, read sometimes the Brookings writing, you will see the kind of Atlantic uh, Council. Atlantic Council. You will see uh, Atlantic <laughs> Council. You see, see how, how, how they spin the yarn of these things. And so therefore, uh, the element of, of, of this spin has to be kept in mind and there is a certain degree of endearment within the American establishment towards Pakistan. And the last point of the United States continued engagement is this. There is a deep state or there is an element, I would say the Indo-Pacific lobby in the United States, which feels that Pakistan is now becoming a part of a China-led Indo-Pacific containment strategy. And that is becoming, why it is becoming part of the Indo-Pacific-led containment strategy is because China is developing the coastal Pakistan along with access from the western Xinjiang through the Karakoram Highway, through high-speed networks, uh, through which has been already created by uh, 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 this... Uh, um, communication networks which have been established and also the the, the, uh, the satellite linkages and systems and satellite stations that have been created to be able to provide a certain degree of counter value against United States, India-led Indian Ocean-centric collation of forces at creation of a security architecture. So this is an area that is that's important for for United States. So this is something if you I'm sure you a lot of your listeners and people would have heard that there is this attempt to revive the first fleet. And the first fleet is uh, is something which we all understand is an Indian Ocean centric fleet. And then my extremely last point is is this is that there is also a concern that the Indian Ocean region, the Indian Ocean littoral can be can be uh, affected by by the Russian sorry Chinese uh, Pakistani network and Maldives is an example. If you remember Maldives, how the Maldives uh, government is being uh, manipulated through its Islamic credentials. So so these are these are some of the issues that uh, I I just want to highlight. I'll come back later to some of these. As far as China is concerned. For China, Pakistan is a frontline state, as indeed India is a frontline state for the Indo-Pacific in the Indian Ocean. China is seeking access to the warm waters of the uh, Indian Ocean through what I call land routes. It is creating a large number of land routes, which are linking, for example, in the Myanmar, it is linking Yunnan through uh, to Indian Ocean, 
through road and land, uh, uh, road and uh, uh, pipelines, rail links, uh, the 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 famous port uh, in Taifafu uh, in in Myanmar is two single boy moorings. Highest cargo discharges takes place over there, and on here in the in uh, then we have the Hamban total and then coming down further to, to this thing is the Gwada. The entire western west Maklan coast is being developed, evolved into a major major security system by the Chinese. It starts from uh, Karachi, where the new berths are being created. Uh, Power is being generated through nuclear power. It's a site for building six uh, or four, sorry, SS, uh, SS uh, sorry, uh, uh, submarines. It is also going down to to Guada, which is being dredged to take on uh, aircraft carriers. It is also becoming uh, a, a storage and a technological base for repair and refit of the equipment. And if you link this up with what is happening in uh, Chinese moves in Iran and West Asia, uh, particularly with Saudis. And then you take it further down to Baba Mandel, where we already see the Yemeni Houthis and the, and the Saudis have, have, uh, have uh, decided to seek peace. And then you further go down to the, the Chinese base in what's it called? Uh, it's just coming to me. I'll just, I'll just. No, no, Chinese Bay, no, no. uh, east coast of uh, Africa, uh, Djibouti. Djibouti. So, so if you if you see, there is this whole network is being created, and Pakistan is becoming central to it, purely because Pakistan can become tomorrow. Let's give you. A, let me give an example to uh, our listeners. If Pakistan was to quickly move couple of DF-26Ds or 21s into the region and deploy them, just see the, 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 the kind of range it will create and kind of impact it will have in the region. So it's, 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 it's not something which the Pakistan cannot do. They all they have to, they have a sign, they have an agreement, they have a security pact with China. So this is something which we need to understand that there is there are two gravitational pulls taking Pakistan apart. One is the, the intrinsic relationship with the United States, which have been born out of historical reasons, and a new relationship with China. And China is now looking at, as it gets more and more cornered in, uh, in uh, uh, South China Sea and East Asia, it is trying to look at the part of its breakout strategy because China has realized, and we all understand that, that the, the greater resource security of China is through Indian Ocean. And that's something which we need to uh, accept that. So, so if you look at from these two perspectives, we, 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 we come to a conclusion that Pakistan is in the middle of this two great power struggle. Added to that is Afghanistan. Afghanistan on 15 August 2021 was seen as a victory by Pakistan. And I'm not too sure that on 16th April 2023, Pakistan has the same view. <laughs> Only two days back, the Pakistani uh, army chief said that we have to deal with this menace. We have to cajole them. We have to make them understand. And if they don't listen, then we have to fight them. 
And today, the situation is that the Taliban-led Afghanistan is already telling Pakistan that don't make the mistake or you will face the 1971 kind of a scenario. So the issues are the Durand line, the issues are Taliban uh, sanctuaries, the issues are the support bases that are being created across. We have to understand this, that these are all creations of the Pakistani state, deep state, which is coming back to haunt them. On the other hand, Afghanistan itself is realizing it's, the, the Taliban government is very smart. They are going more and more along with China. And there are a new axis which is emerging, which is uh, the Afghan, China, Tajikistan, and then going to uh, Turkmenistan, and then they're going towards the Caspian Sea. And, and there is this whole linkages of the new uh, alignment of China, Russia, and Iran, which is taking place. So what is happening in this, understand, we have to understand is this, there is a certain degree of isolation of uh, Pakistan taking place. Now that's something which uh, we need to look at seriously, how, how serious it is, how, how just it is my kind, my idiots like me, who's thinking, or is it, or can we leverage upon this? The next issue is the Arab world. Like you, like the general very rightly pointed out, the Arab world is becoming transactional. Not only transactional, ITU2 concept is bringing certain degree of coherence, economic benefits, trade and investments, because they all realize that at some stage or the other, the oil is going to run out. And they can only leverage oil up to a particular point. They need to develop alternative investment destinations. India with 3.5 billion economy, jumping to 5 billion economy in 26, 25, 26, jumping to close to 7 to 8 by 2030 is an ideal destination. So West Asia's leverage, Pakistan's West Asian leverage is going to decline. It is not saying, I'm not saying that the Uma and the other people are not going to be aligned. They're not going to give the money, but it is not going to be the bailout packages as seen. And we are seeing the, the situation right now. So, so given this perspective, even the last render of the last resort, the Reserve Bank of Pakistan for, for, for uh, bailing it out in economic crisis is, is not going to be there. There's one last point I want to make is, and that is that the in the Pakistani military, there are two schools that are coming up. One is a pro-US element, which is by and large seen, seen major generals who have studied in schools, colleges, etc., etc., who have been penetrated by the various establishment of the United States. And there is a colonels and below, or brigadiers, some brigadiers, but colonels and below cadres who are going for weapons courses, who are going for training courses, who are going for, for technology courses, etc., etc. They are having a very different view. And second thing is the maintenance aspects of the Pakistani uh, weapons and equipment is getting extremely dependent on China. Third element, the entire ISR cover that the Pakistan is getting is again getting very Chinese-centric. So there is a certain degree of control on, on, on the information, technology, maintenance, and upgrades of equipment 
with the Chinese are exercising. I'll stop here. If there are any questions, I mean, I'll, I'll take them on. Oh, before we, uh, we take on questions, sir. I think I'll, let me highlight a few issues which you have uh, you know, spoken of, because I think they are very relevant in the entire context. Uh, you know, China wants an overland route from Xinjiang down to uh, through Pakistan to hit Gwadar and get into the Indian Ocean region. Because Indian Ocean will is the resource bank of China, and it needs unrestricted uh, access to this resource bank, right? And it has to beat the Malacca uh, dilemma with it, right? But <clears throat> it's also a fact that any nation which has to become a superpower needs two oceans. You know, like uh, the Britain always had two oceans. One, they had the complete Indian Ocean and the Atlantic, and you know, the Indian Ocean through the uh, through India itself. You look at uh, USA; it has the Atlantic board and the Pacific seaboard, and even Russia, when it was a superpower, USSR was a superpower, had its two seaboards. And China geographically has no seaboard except the South China Sea, and that too, it's a very constricted seaboard. So, getting hold of Gwadar and its communication channels through uh, Pakistan is very important for uh, China. And uh, they, since they already have a base at Djibouti, Djibouti connected with Gwadar gives them a virtual stranglehold on Babel Mandab and uh, uh, Gulf, uh, the Strait of Hormuz. So this, giving, given this, the Chinese have virtually almost uh, in a do I die situation with Pakistan, they will not let them go. Or Pakistan Pakistan also doesn't have any other place to go. And Pakistan ka jitne bhi communications, everything is all China centric. So that is not going to go. And the other side of the story, which you also mentioned, is USA cannot let China, uh, sorry, Pakistan go too, too much towards the China way. Yeah. Right. Having said this, there are also certain constraints. While we all think that China is doing everything, uh, you know, and uh, China is going to go all over the world, there are constraints to China and there are limitations, severe limitations which China is going to face in this coming decade. But that doesn't stop Pakistan from being a uh, a contested state. So, Aztak Hamne Dekata ki Pakistan was a frontline state, but from a frontline, being a frontline state, it has become a battleground state. Now, let me highlight what are the contours of this battle going to be. Normally, the frontline state, the, 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 the battleground state was placed like Afghanistan or anything like that, where there was a lot of violent fighting going on. This current uh, battle between or uh, you know China and USA will not be military in nature, right? It will be largely economic in nature. It will largely be one of influence. The largely will be one of control of Pakistan's resources, whether it's military resources, whether it's agricultural resources, whether it's manpower resources, or whether it's physical resources. There will be always a battle for control and battle for the influence of using these resources. So that's the uh, first thing. The second thing the battle will be all about is in, a, in some manner how to contain India. 
because if there is one system which is which can upset china's apple cart completely that is the rise of india right and if india rises china declines that's the equation as it is coming out so china will do its utmost to ensure through pakistan that you know china india is timed agar wo naubat aaya aur wo in fact aa hi gaya to pakistan becomes yet another uh, uh, battleground state in a different dimension right the violent aspect i've already said jo hamara uh, uh, brigadier sahab ne bhi bataya ki yahan jo pashtun aur baluch rebels aur unka kya aakar hoga inka kya problems honge wo they will be always in conflict with the, the pakistan army as it is emerging so there is a battleground on on that uh, axis also so aap jis tarike se dekhenge to pakistan ke upar ye battleground ka kahani chalta rahega hame isse kya lena dena hai पाकिस्तान में बैटल ग्राउंड हो या हो हमें क्या लेने देना है पहले तो हमारा सुरक्षा उसके ऊपर निर्भर है और हमारा राइज उसके ऊपर निर्भर है तो दैट इज द थिंग देन इमीडिएट थिंग इज हाउ विल दिस एफेक्ट द फ्यूचर ऑफ पाकिस्तान राइट एज इट इज कंबाइन ऑल दिस विद अदर थिंग्स व्हिच आर गोइंग आउट व्हाट विल बी द फ्यूचर कॉन्टोर्स ऑफ पाकिस्तान बी एंड हाउ विल दिस बैटल ग्राउंड लुक लाइक इन फ्यूचर विल help will tell us what we have to do so so i would like you to uh, look in the future and say what is going to be the effect of pakistan how will pakistan look like as a battleground even as a battleground taking to into account some of their internal problems and how are we going to deal with it your take sir okay, okay. thank you uh, first and fundamental point we have to uh, look at is is that how deep is the chinese penetration into pakistan and and like we we said that can pakistan make independent decisions as it merges more and more in debt it comes under more and more chinese influence so our concerns would be that the the coalition factor the collusion factor between pakistan and china could become a serious problem for us and this collusion factor may be uh, you know if you are looking at some kind of an escalation scenarios vis-a-vis china and which we i'm sure we'll cover in our china series which is coming up next uh, the the lot of space strategic space of pakistan can be leveraged by china for anti india operations etc etc second issue that we have to understand is this is that up to now by and large our navy has been our, our maritime forces have by and large been one sector specific we have looked upon only on um, the arabian sea uh, that kind of say we have taken slock security uh, as a, as a given because it's because seas are a part of global commons they are not contested etc etc but once the uh, the like he, like the general rightly said the chinese break out from the constricted space of south china sea and that is why that's another area that we have to be very concerned about how they break out from the three uh, straits this area 
will become a zone of new conflict and in which our maritime forces would be equally involved as indeed our ground and other forces in dealing with pakistan so i see uh, not an escalation of a direct threat but escalation of a perceived threat by deployments by 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 certain escalatory moves in coalition with china even in the maritime space as we continue to deal with the uh, the, the, the last exercise the amman exercise that took place between russia uh, iran and uh, china should highlight to us that and uh, before that we took we had that 49 country exercise uh, in by pakistan or which was not very serious but the last one was very serious so what we are looking at is a heightened threat and with with the kind of communication with the chinese have created uh, it is always at shakskam valley you rightly brought out we are looking at at uh, an heightened threat scenario in collusion collusiveness number 2 as with the americans having a soft corner for pakistan with the americans having a, a certain degree of necessity to maintain maintain deep inroads into the pakistan establishment even their support would not be as forthcoming as we think that it ought to be coming between two strategic partners there was some writing i read about two years back about when this what when biden came uh, united states institute of peace dan markley's pieces he talked about the fact is that abandonment of pakistan is not within the american uh, interest so this whole issue we, we so so this and my standard thesis for this basically is this is that incrementally india will have to deal with this challenges stand alone we are we are a stand alone part we might be a strategic partner of the united states but there is no heft with the strategic partnership brings because entire american deployment etc along with his allies is in the east coast is east eastern centric east asia centric western pacific centric nothing is here there is nothing in south china sea is devoid of any american presence apart from occasional phone ops operations so india would have to understand that it requires 5 to 10 years of hard work of atmanirbharta clear cut decision making to build up dissuasive deterrence against both china and maintain a deterrence by punishment with pakistan to tell them that any escalation would be cost prohibitive so this is something which we need to look at i think you made a very valid point sir इन फैक्ट लेट मी कनेक्टेड अप विद वॉट यूर सेड अर्लियर जो आपने पहले बताया एज इंडिया बम्प्स अप टू बींग फाइव ट्रिलियन डॉलर इकोनॉमी एंड सेवन ट्रिलियन डॉलर इकोनॉमी बाई द एंड ऑफ दिस डिकेट इफ यू आर अ सेवन ट्रिलियन डॉलर इकोनॉमी एंड इफ यू आर द थर्ड लार्जेस्ट इकोनॉमी इन द वर्ल्ड यू आर अ पावर इन योर ओन राइट एंड आर बिहेवियर हैज टू चेंज अकॉर्डिंगली and not only our behavior has to change accordingly i think our outlook has to change accordingly if you don't have the if you still want to get on to the coattails of the americans 
and say, look, you, the Americans have to come and bail us out in this equation. I think we will be totally out of whack. <coughs> and it is my firm belief, we have to learn to stand on our own legs with our own strategic formulations. The fact that we are discussing this, that future of Pakistan, the future of Pakistan, the way it, we are discussing in this session itself and this such series of lectures is not being con uh, done in USA. It's not been done by China. It's only done by us to find out what are going to be the future trajectory of Pakistan so that we deal with this accordingly. And we have to yeah. deal with this with, the, with our, uh, you know, own ability. So having, I leave this at that because I'm just reinforcing what you have said. An interesting point which you have brought out is the irrelevance of Pakistan. If, if China continues to circumvent Pakistan, isolate, I won't say isolate Pakistan, circumvent Pakistan through the Central Asian axis and goes towards Tajikistan, uses Afghanistan and then hits the Iran and gets that angle through and has an alternate entry, actually it it allows, I mean, it it gives it the leeway to actually ignore Pakistan completely, right? Then where does Pakistan go? Because we have to also, uh, let me put this in a slightly different context. Okay, I, I, you are let, saying let, actually, question, I'll... Yeah, no, let me put this in a slightly different context also. There is also a problem that religious fundamentalism in Pakistan is not going to go it's there to stay. And at some point of time, if things go down south between Pakistan and uh, China, and if things go down south in Pakistan itself, there is a there could be an overflow into Xinjiang and uh, unrest in Xinjiang also. And this is something which China is cognizant of. In which case will they let Pakistan go? That's the short question. No, they won't let Pakistan go. Uh, but 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 we have to uh, be very clear uh, that at some stage there is going to be uh, coalition of interests between uh, Chinese and Pakistan, particularly in dealing with this Islamic threat. Which, which might also enter the uh, through the ETIM through uh, through, through Afghanistan uh, and Xinjiang uh, uh, as Islamic State of uh, of Khorsan. But I want people to understand what my perspective is that ISISK is not a pro-Pakistani organization; they are anti-Pakistani organization. But my bigger worry is not so much of uh, this coalition between Chinese and, and, and Afghans and, and, and dealing with the Pakistan and the Pakistan joining hands together as one coalition to deal with the Islamic threat. But my biggest worry is this, is that Pakistan is going to up the ante somewhere down the line. And I have see it happening this summer along the line of control. And there, uh, and my, my, my concern is, uh, given the the attitude adopted by Pakistan onto this uh, G20 uh, tourism meet and and trying to demarch so many people, and I find Indonesians are also 
now suddenly having cold feet uh, they are there is an every possibility of some large scale attack or some attempted uh, uh, escalation of terrorist violence in the valley taking place and the whole idea basically is this is that our entire mood mind etc will shift to that but my humble submission is this that the pakistan's ability to leverage terrorism against india is incre in incrementally coming down the ability to damage us is coming down we should not detract ourselves from our other major challenges we have the capacity and the capability of dealing with this challenge it will be one off issue two off issue but the pakistan will continue to play this game because this is the only game in town for them <laughs> they have no other game <laughs> so, it's a one so point trick sir <laughs> yeah so my point is don't detract uh, distract yourself from yeah. uh, from this and and create whole kind of halabola press and other people throwing all pakistan no what we need to do is continue to maintain pressure on pakistan this is not a period for concessions to pakistan and some rightly said this is not a period for pakistan has created this whole problem for itself let's it's do in its own juice and let it let it let it continue to deal with it and and if and when they want to have talk to us then we must set the terms and the norms of the talk pakistan will never accept it pakistan will never accept it but we have to be prepared and please also note that pakistan can also create a nuclear oriented crisis yes i do not put it beyond them and it might happen if the kind of electoral politics and the infighting and the other issues become so so uncontrollable within pakistan that the pakistani military uh, creates a false flag operation kind of a scenario over there oh yes sir i i i don't put anything beyond the pakistani military because it's a devious military and their turf is at stake today hmm. right a lot of things about them are at stake i mean there are wild rumors flying in the whatsapp to the uh, thing that you know there's a uh, plot to assassinate uh, imran khan to a nuke being put out here hmm. and there so all these stories are on the prowl yeah. and so we need to think but what let me share with you one sense which i get after all today is the sixth session i'm having on pakistan across different yeah. on a right uh, angles of sight so the general consensus is we need to let pakistan stew in its own juices yes like you rightly said second don't talk to them and if if there are any talks or any parleys to be held with pakistan it has to be at our terms and our terms and conditions and not theirs <clears throat> third keep your powder dry and keep the pressure on pakistan across all domains yes. and especially keep monitoring the lc and the valley don't let your guard down there and now that we have taken this uh, critical step or a crucial step of holding a few g20 meets either there or in ladakh 
we need to ensure that they are done successfully yes. and that we don't get diverted before that because that will be a egg on our face if we let anything happen to them right and we need to convey it equi unequivocally to people all concerned that look this is what we are going to do if any, anyone feels that you know anything else and we can do it in many ways and i i leave it at that and all this while we have to be cognizant of the fact that what is happening in pakistan is actually contraindicative or contrastrictive of what we have spoken today because yes. the things in pakistan the way they are going down the slope are so fast that none of this what we have spoken might even occur events might overtake us but yes. then that we will see like that is why i showed that first slide for the first time in my life i have seen of chanda being ikatta crore in the name of pakistan also internationally by the umma right so far the pakistanis were asking the umma for money for their nukes and etc etc and uh, now the umma is collecting money to bail out their uh, you know as a charity the next thing is that mr imran khan who's likely to be the next prime minister uh he's put out some economic mm-hmm. plan mm-hmm. if he if he does i mean as and when does this thing if he right what's the highlight of his economic plan the highlight of his economic plan is make non resident pakistanis from outside who have gone abroad to put money back into the country which is the most hairbrained scheme of you know resolving we also tried we also tried we used to also say the idiots okay <laughs> so that so there is no way in hell or high water that pakistan's economy is going to flip by all these hairbrained schemes right so then if you look at it holistically pakistan is going to go through a whole lot of turmoil and i don't see this turmoil coming out in the next 1 to 2 years that's a minimum right and you will we'll see this when we as uh, and this is for the whole lot uh, who are listening to us you'll see this coming out when we do our uh, analysis of the economy water and food insecurity right and you have to conflate it with the fact that people are today standing in queues for 10 kg bag of water and dying yeah like i said uh, you know food uh, distribution could be temporary but poverty in pakistan is permanent right? that's the uh, very right? well said sir very that's the well larger issue right so i think we've uh, covered the whole track what we wanted to cover in this uh, thing of being a battleground state I, i'll take on a few questions and then we will see we'll wrap it up as to where we are going <clears throat> okay uh ishan has a question he says sir the kartarpur chandigarh karachi beijing london toronto los angeles new york nexus is real and a major threat to india your view sir if you really I, I, okay yeah i i i, I that yeah. you want me to answer okay yeah please say yours uh, all yours sir uh, uh ishan uh, a good question but don't like i said don't die, uh, uh, die, you know don't go off track this is this is a low level threat which we can manage i mean uh, these are these are typical uh, techniques being employed by various players and you see where it is coming from uh, 
there is a, a large Sikh population in Canada, the large Sikh population in UK, the large Sikh population in Australia, etc. These are this just as the pressure tactics being put on us, and this this is what is what I call a low level cost ineffective actions by the ISI and and the Pakistani cohorts to to uh, to embarrass India during the year that it is a G20 uh, presidency. It holds no long-range threat. We have the capacity, we have the capability, the diplomatic skill, and the heft to deal with it. So I don't think uh, uh, it, it needs to be noted. It needs to be dealt with institutionally through institutional mechanisms, which we have in place. And But to, to make it bigger than what it is, I don't think will be a correct thing. Yeah, it's got a lot of eyeballs, especially with that Amritpal saying he's got a lot of eyeballs. Yes, and we, I think that's what it is and that's the end of the story. You have to understand, you know, let me put things in a little different perspective uh, than what the Brigadier said. You know, way back in the 80s, when Brindranwale came up, you know, we neglected that fellow and allowed him to come up. The Indian state today is not going to make the same mistake. It's not going to stick. The way they've got after uh, this guy Amritpal Singh, because he started exhibiting trends like Bindranwale. And I think the government is up to it. Like what Brigadier Raunsagala said, uh, I think we are far too strong for these small pinpricks. And I also think that the Indian government is far too strong to, t I mean, it's got the cap capability to take all this in stride. So let's be rest assured about it. Uh, the next question, Sir Vishwanathan says, Sir, you stated earlier in the series that Pakistan is likely to take land from large uh, landlords for contract farming for China's food security. How do you expect the landlords give up their holdings? Uh, so I'll take it on because this is related to a previous. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I, if you want, I can also add on. Yeah, please sir, carry on. No, no, you carry on. We carry on, sir. No, no. So, uh, uh, Vishwanathan, this is already happening. Yeah, the Saudis have been already contracted land uh, in Pakistan for contract farming, and 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 this is uh, the 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 landlords make money. Yeah, it's all simple as that. Yeah, it's it's all it's all economics. So, but the question is. If you are grief, you are poor, you have you have you are running out of resources, and land is your resource from where you can grow agriculture and good agriculture produces through and you have adequate water resources, etc., which you can get from the, the contracting agency, then then where then this is a kind of a situation that Kori carries on everywhere in the world. I mean, large tracts of land are being uh, purchased or, or taken on uh, uh, lease basis by countries which are shortage of food. Uh, so it's it's. I, I don't think it's. Uh, and second thing is, I hope you know Manchuria and uh, the Lower Manchuria uh, are the grain belt of of China, and China has shortage of food. I agree with you, but they have. They have the granaries of the Soviet Union or now Russia to supply them with as much food as they want. But but true. But this is uh, this is part of a deal with the government. Will have to enter into with any any country which takes uh, all this lead. So I, I I don't think it's a 
I mean, it's important, but it's not very serious strategic issue. Right. Only thing I like to add, Vishnathan, is that if this land contracting takes place between China and Pakistan, and land is given away to China, the problem will be internal to Pakistan. Because yeah. land given away to anyone and good farming done and that food going away from there creates internal problems. So there's a, yet another social dimension with China, which Pakistan has to deal with. Right? I foresee this and I'll tackle this again when uh, I tackle this issue of food security down the line. Right. Uh, uh, right. Right. Thanks a lot, Dalal. Uh, so kind of you. All this money which you people are contributing will go for a good cause, and I'll announce that good cause down the line. It, I I already have something in mind, so it's not to line our pockets. Thank you. <clears throat> okay, uh, if China needs to control Pakistan in a meaningful way, it needs to pump good amount of money in Pakistan. Looking at the Chinese economy, which is in rough weather now, how long can China sustain this? So, well, if forty-five billion dollars is not good money invested in China, I'm sure Chinese can invest a little more money. And, uh, and and number two is, it's an arguable element whether the Chinese economy is in deep trouble. Yes, it's in trouble. But uh, a for an ongoing investment which is strategic in nature, as we discussed. I don't think Chinese will cry too much if they have to invest another 10, 50 billion dollars. But uh, so I, uh, the you know, we have to take the bigger picture into long. Uh, the investments of China, if they are of a strategic necessity, money will always be available. That's the bottom line. So it's the economic decline of of uh, of China. Uh, which is, you are true, it is true that their economy is suffering right now, but it is also showing signs of working up, like all economies. It's, I don't think that becomes a very germane issue in, in the strategic decision making. But it will be more important for return on investment logic uh, of the Chinese companies. And that's where, uh, so what we probably will see is that so-called uh, Free uh, economic zones, etc., uh, etc., et are not likely to come up uh, easily in China. The Chinese are not going to bring in a large-scale industrialization of 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 of, of Pakistan, uh, particularly because they say it's a, it's it's a it's waste of money. So what we you will see, like we already seen that the M3 project, the railway project, uh, Lahore uh, Karachi railway line has been uh, has been discarded. Similarly, large number of, uh, I'm sure CPEC must have told you, the large number of other projects are have, have been uh, given the go-by. So, the Chinese are calculated. They're not foolish. They don't, they just don't put money just like that. And like I was telling General the other day, is that, uh, to give you an example of the Chinese, uh, in Sri Lanka, in lieu of the money that the Sri Lankans own, they are buying 200,000 or two, 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 20,000 monkeys <laughs> from, from the Sri Lanka, which is becoming a menace in Sri Lanka. So, you know, they'll find something like that <laughs> to trade. No, it's a fact. It's a fact. It's yeah, a, I agree fact. with you. I agree with you. Uh, 
sirs who do you think has an upper hand in the front line state today usa or china and who would harm india most sir okay uh, i don't think there is uh, the generals as far as the generals are concerned they and if you if you go i want you to go back to the bajwa's uh, uh, trip to china and followed by his trip to united states the generals are are more comfortable with the americans generals are more comfortable with the americans uh, and as general here general shankar rightly said chinese are more transactional so if you are looking for a comfort zone it is the americans are more comfortable to them and chinese more transactional but unfortunately the options for pakistan are very limited they will have to continue to deal with china uh, for to ensure that their power projects their uh, their other investments continue and they continue to to get as much resources from china as possible but at the same time there will be an equal amount of effort made to induce united states to invest more money and the, and the logic will be given that if you abandon us we will become a red state <laughs> so so you know i mean they, they they are very clever at this this thing i have been for 13 years uh, in dialogue with the pakistanis uh, uh, on number of occasions i know how clever they are in in their argumentation but you don't have to get carried away so so short answer generals pro american what china a necessity uh nimish avasti sir he, he says i think when india reaches a 10 trillion economy in 2035 pakistan will break automatically by then if not then we can project unmatched power your thoughts uh, uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> look uh, nimesh i'll put it this way yeah i think you better 2035 is a far way away we have you know still 12 years to go for that uh, 13 years to go for that right so we have to deal with the pakistan till then and this pa- what's happening in pakistan is pretty mercurial or pretty fast what's pakistan today we, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and they themselves don't know what's going to happen day after tomorrow so i think we have to take it step by step we have to take it incrementally this 10 trillion dollars is not going to come from heaven right we have to work for it and by then if you are atmanirbhar everything then pakistan will be irrelevant in any case as it is even now pakistan is largely you started making it irrelevant to your entire dynamic we are discussing pakistan today let me tell you let me share it with you two months back if someone had said look why will you write an article about uh, pakistan i would say yes i will write an article about pakistan but it will be full of coarse humor and nothing more right because i never found anything great to write about pakistan two months back till the situation started deteriorating and when the situation started deteriorating i said look there's something different happening in pakistan for us to start concentrating on pakistan and that is why we are looking at it at, with you know a lens at this point of time so in the larger context i don't think we should worry that much about pakistan 
even now at this point of time if probably after this crisis goes back goes a little on to the back burner and if things stabilize we might have to take a different look about pakistan because we can't be pakistan centric the bigger gorilla is sitting on the north and that's what whom we have to focus on and in fact that's what we're going to focus on from next week onwards if i've done seven uh, episodes on pakistan we'll have to do at least 15 to 16 episodes on china to understand what's going on there any anything any other views so you have oh i agree with you i mean uh, i think uh, what is important for us is it's not trendy in economy that matters it, india has to create a comprehensive national park which is credible and uh, and which makes our people understand that uh, challenging india is going to be a counterproductive proposition simultaneously india also has to have a more effective strategic neighborhood policy we have to endear ourselves more to our neighbors and 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 also ensure that our regional strategy particularly in the afpac region we focus on afghanistan we focus on iran and we focus on central asia for us isolating pakistan from multiple directions through good relationships good economic uh, partnerships and good investments i think holds the key and 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 even more important than that is that we have to create a credible military posture which is not only land centric but it uh, it has to be also a maritime orientation i think the time is coming very slowly where we have to around the 20 25 uh, 26 onwards next 4 5 year down the line we have to take a much rather greater maritime uh, posture than we have been really been taking so so it's uh, so it is india's comprehensive national power india's capability india's technological capacity its supply chains it has uh, trade that will make it the difference and pakistan will be irrelevant in that situation so the last question uh, so pakistan is taking money from all questions how are they distributing that money is there some particular generals have connections with particular countries well i you know so i've taken this because it gives you the humor element in the whole story <laughs> <laughs> look pakistan has always taken money from all countries and not return one naya paisa if we think that pakistan is going to return money uh, to even china one naya paisa of that 42 odd billion which has been spent we have missed i mean let's be uh, let's not have any doubts i don't think even the chinese have any doubts that pakistan won't repay right as far as money which goes into pakistan where it goes you must actually ask the pakistani generals because they live in london they live in dubai palm jumeirah they live in you know uh, saudi arabia they live in islands in you know uh, australia your own islands one of their chiefs is living there and it's a very funny trait of the pakistani army if you notice every pakistani army chief after remitting his office as a chief promptly leaves the countries and goes and settles abroad right and uh, <laughs> and this is the case with bajwa or rahil sharif or for that matter parvez musharraf or kiani so uh, i you leave it at that they they know how to milk money out of the system and after all they have a huge military business and a huge empire in fact that's they are the biggest land owners and the biggest business in pakistan is owned by the armed forces right so i think i'll we'll leave this question at that and uh, that is the virtually the end of all uh, questions uh, we'll 
yeah i think that's all sir thank you that's all and i'm i must thank everyone who's uh, come to this program today evening and i also would like to thank uh, brigadier arun sagal sir it was a very clear way you put across how the what the battleground state is and what the implications are and going forward it gives a great perspective on what the future of pakistan is going to be and we're going to end this series on 20th when we discuss the water economy and the food insecurities of pakistan and then we'll have a summing up as to where we see pakistan going but more importantly from 21st onwards we're going to start a series on the challenges of china it's called the china challenge series and we're going to dissect china from different points of view like just like we uh, this thing uh, looking at pakistan it's easier to handle pakistan because it's a crumbling state but how is it going to be uh, handling china is our bigger worry and our bigger challenge and that's what we're going to focus on till then uh, jai hind and good evening thank you sir once again thank you again. thank you very much it was a great pleasure thank once again talking to you thank you very much sir. thank you everybody good night